You're listening to Staying in the Game, a Plum Dragon Herbs podcast where we have conversations about mindset and techniques for staying at the top of your game. I'm your host, Janelle Leatherwood. Leo Rodriguez, welcome to the show today. We're excited to have you on. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. And for our listeners, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm 32 years old. Uh, I live in New York. And I have always been a martial arts enthusiast. Um, I remember being a, like, as a kid, I was always really, really skinny. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, most skinny people just naturally have abs. So my dad, <laughs> he'd be like, oh, you look like Bruce Lee. You're like a little Bruce Lee. And, um, you know, I remember my dad, he was always into boxing, always, always just watching it studying it explaining it to me like oh look at this guy look at that guy he used to love uh julio cesar chavez who i actually got a picture with uh um like 10 years ago so that's pretty cool and he signed my gloves as well so that's even better Uh uh-huh that's so cool yeah yeah and um yeah my dad he was always just focused on training and disciplined he was always well read he would always just read books books on philosophy and you know that kind of affected me and my brothers my older brother he's been a personal trainer for like i don't know maybe like 20 or more years now and he's six years older than me so i always learned from my dad my brother and yeah so boxing was my first like sport. Mm-hmm. So my dad always taught us how to defend ourselves, you know, from all the little bullies around in schools. He was just like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to punch, you know, how to move, how to defend yourself. Right. But he never wanted to like, like really train me. Yeah. <laughs> he always wanted me to study. He's like, yeah, study. Um, I would ask my dad, "Hey, can you teach me how to how to, you know, box and do this?" He'd be like, "Yeah, just punch the punching bag and yeah, just work on jab cross and He when didn't want to go further. When you say he wanted you to study like academics or he wanted you to Yeah, just... sorry. Yeah, like okay. yeah, uh, like book like bookwise. Like he wanted me uh-huh. to be like a nerd and mm-hmm. his his goal, not my goal. His goal was, yeah, get a college degree and you know, you'll be great. You'll have an office job and, you know, you'll have your benefits and you could be at a desk with the AC on dressed nicely. And I'm like, sounds boring. I don't like sitting down anyway. <laughs> so, you know, I've always been, um, <laughs> I've always been the Tasmanian devil of the family, like always jumping around, always a lot of energy. Yeah. You need uh, to keep moving. <laughs> yeah. This is a funny story. Uh, I know a lot of people probably won't, maybe nowadays won't like it, but it was, you know, it doesn't bother me. I think it's kind of funny when I was a child, like maybe two or three years old, my parents basically had to tie me to the couch (laughs) (laughs) because I was just so like energetic, always climbing things, breaking things. And they just didn't know how to handle me. They're like, okay, yeah, just, just tie him. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so boxing was always 
my thing. And you it wasn't needed until it, maybe it was, sounds like you needed an outlet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was my just like Mike Tyson would say that the training was what tamed him. That's mm-hmm. what kept him from doing bad things was just train for hours and hours and hours. And um I remember when I was like fifteen or so. So from the age of fifteen through eighteen, I lived in Dominican Republic with my parents for those three years and i just kept bugging my dad i'm like dad please please just teach me how to box and he was like all right i'll show you some stuff and and so was he trained in it then oh yeah he he trained uh, for many many years he just had really really bad like managers trainers promoters i mean so mm-hmm. he never really got to fight like big fights. But I know my uncle, his brother, uh, fought in Madison Square Garden in the Golden Gloves. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he got uh, second place. And again, like since I was a child, I was always um, surrounded by fighting, like watching it, hearing it, seeing my uncles in New York City in a small, tiny apartment, move the couch, move the TV, move everything and just start sparring. Mm-hmm. in the couch uh in the living room <laughs> and i would see my dad my uncle with black eyes wow. busted lips oh wow yeah so i'm a kid and i'm like oh this is awesome you know right but it was normal to me fighting was normal it wasn't seen as something extraordinary or hey let me go to my one hour little boxing coach and just hit the pads for a little bit and had you was- done any of that Till that point? No, as a child, no. But okay. my dad, there's pictures of me like, oh, there's actually a video. I don't know if it's still around. Maybe it got destroyed. But there's a video where I'm in diapers. <laughs> uh-huh. My younger brother is also in diapers. He's two years younger than me. And we're just fighting. We're like sparring with actual like 16-ounce gloves. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, cool. And... <laughs> My dad, he's like, easy, easy. You know, to me, he's telling me to go easy on my brother. He's like, easy, easy. I was just like swinging at him and my brother would just start crying if I hit him too hard. That's funny. Well, so finally then when you were 15, did he relent? A bit. Yeah. So what happened was I just begged him like, dad, please. Like I was, I was like suffering mentally. I'm like, please, you have all this knowledge. Like just teach me something. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, start off with a jab. Let me see your jab. And I just started jabbing and we worked on that that day. He was like, wow. He was like, okay, now I see that you really want to learn. So from that day forward, he started teaching me a bit more than, you know, if I could put it in any other term, I went from like a white belt to like a blue belt in his eyes. You know, he's like, Mm -hmm. okay, now I could show you more stuff and you know it it went like that for the next few years um at 18 i decided to come back to new york city and i didn't really train much for you know uh in the fighting i was lift i started lifting weights with my older brother Mm -hmm. and what what year was that about so 18, let me see, it was 2005. Okay. <laughs> so 
yeah, so yeah, 2005, I'm back in New York and I started weightlifting with my older brother. And uh, so from there, I remember searching and looking for a gym in New York. And I remember seeing Hanzo Gracie Academy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. Jiu-jitsu. Okay. And I remember, I think someone rated, I don't know, two stars, three stars. And the guy wrote something like, oh, I don't feel like I get much much attention there and blah, blah, blah. He was just, he was just like complaining, really. Yeah. But me not knowing any better. I was like, Oh, Oh, maybe I shouldn't go there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe nah. And I just kind of ignored it and never even tried it. If I was smarter back then, I would have been like, no, let me just look into it myself and see what I like. See if they like me. Maybe they didn't, I don't know. Maybe they didn't like him. Maybe he just sucked. Right. Right. So I regret letting that one little review affect me. Mm-hmm. Because years later, I started training in the New York Athletic Club, which is um, um, it's by Central Park. It's been around in New York for over 100 years. Very, very awesome place. I trained there for about a year, year and a half, maybe two years. I, I can't remember. Um, so my boxing coach, Sean Razor, died of cancer. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that really, really sucked. Uh, yeah, I was really down after that. And I felt bad for all the other guys that we were training as a team because I remember Sean Razor. He was like, he's like, Leo, I might have you do the Golden Gloves this year. But if not, definitely you'll be ready by next year. Mm-hmm. I just want to see. I just want to see, like, what you do the next few weeks, next few months. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, he died, man, and it sucks so bad. Oh, that's so devastating. Yeah. He had cancer, and I remember he was fine. Mm -hmm. But the chemo, the chemo was killing him. His face got swollen. And one time, well, he was just in the hospital, and he died of a heart attack, basically. Like, the chemo just destroyed his body. Oh, that's awful. And, yeah, so... I remember that kind of destroyed me a bit. So it also opened another door and I said, you know what? I feel confident enough in boxing and I love mixed martial arts. By this time, I'm already deep into Bruce Lee. So, mm-hmm. Which for be- our listeners, they should know that's your Instagram yeah, profile. So Bruce Leo. At Bruce Leo, yeah. Just- yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Leo. So I used to train. So the same gym where this uh, the president of the boxing club said, "Hey, you should come to the New York Athletic Club." Mm-hmm. I used to train with this girl, and she was like, "You know what? I'm gonna call you Bruce Leo." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, my life just changed." That was, <laughs> that was like, "That's it. That's that should be my name. I'm gonna change my name now." So, That's no, great. yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, so where was I um, with the boxing? Yeah, so my coach died, and I wanted to get back into something. So I said, okay, I'm confident as an individual. I'm confident with, you know, just throwing hands with someone, just straight boxing. But 
I'm not confident at all with wrestling, jujitsu. So I'm like, man, I said, okay. So I know a lot of the listeners will know who Boss Rutin is. He was the the heavyweight champion of the UFC. Like I think he was the first heavyweight champion of the UFC. And I used to send him Twitter messages all the time. And one day I was like, hey, boss, boss, um, where in New York City can I go and get legit training? Not just crazy sparring, not just, you know, two like animals just fighting. Where can I get legit training? And he was like, oh, Henzo Gracie, of course. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, man. So, you know, I did what I was supposed to do years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I went the first day. They treated me like I was their friend from day one, like super friendly, super awesome. The vibe I got from them as individuals, like from the professors, from the students, everybody was just super cool, super chill. My, the first six months of training, I just I picked up so fast, just as a white belt. I just, I got my first stripe and like, not that this is anything special, like it's not, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying I I got my first stripe within a month or two. And cause, but what I'm trying to say by that is I, I started going, I don't know, like almost every day, like five, six times a week, mm-hmm. taking the evening classes mostly at the time. Uh, I would stay extra after class, before class. I would, so I was just obsessed with it and they recognized that the professors are like, okay, this guy always here, always practicing, you know, he's picking up stuff. And I remember I met, uh, wonder boy Thompson there. Who's a UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, you're wonder boy, right? He's like, yeah. And we just started talking and I told him, yeah, I'm a white belt. Just started training here. <clears throat> That's he so said something cool. that was really cool. He said, yeah, at first you're the nail. Over time, you become the hammer. And I was like, oh, man, that's so awesome. Yeah. And that's how it was for the first few months. I just got beat up, beat up, beat up, beat up. And it's frustrating, but it's like learning a language. Mm-hmm. You can't expect to have a dialect, like with like a whole conversation with someone your first month. Uh, I remember I met this guy that was a wrestler and um, we started training uh, Chinese wrestling. Mm-hmm. So it's called Shuai Jiao. Yeah, you said it's a really rare type of martial arts. It's rare in America. In America. But mm-hmm. In China, that's, you know, that's what they do. And those guys are amazing. If... Anyone listening is into wrestling, even jujitsu. If you want to learn how to throw people or take them down, judo, Chinese wrestling, any type of wrestling will help you a lot in jujitsu competitions. If that's, you know, what you uh, like to do. And yeah, and I just want to say Hensel Gracie, I've met Hensel before. I've spoken to him. He is like, he spoke to me like he knew me forever, like just mm-hmm. super chill. The professors, 
oh man, I, I love all these guys. They're just amazing. Uh, their personalities, the way they carry themselves. That's one thing I realized too. You know, going from a boxing background to um, uh, jujitsu, the way the professors carry themselves, they're just so chill and confident in a way. I'm like, oh, oh my God, like these guys are just awesome. Like just cool people. The, you could tell by, you know, the John Danaher death squad, like these guys are just. They're the real a, thing. <laughs> yeah. They're legit, man. like Gordon Ryan, Gary yeah. Tonin. Mm-hmm. Best Instagram pages. They, I follow these guys <laughs> on Instagram. They're just funny, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they're just cool guys. Just these are just martial artists. And that's what I love about them. They don't care. They don't want to. They don't want to impress no one. They just mm-hmm. compete because they want to. They want to show, hey, look, this is what I do. This is what I love, and that shows in the art, like the art they express there. And one thing I love, like Gary Tonin, he went, you know, he's a black belt in jujitsu, and he's like, all right, I want to do mix like uh, UFC type fight, you know. Uh, I forgot uh, where, uh, which, uh, what he fought in, but yeah, he started doing mixed martial arts. Like, you know, I just say that just so people could understand, like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, UFC, it's, he wasn't in the UFC, but something similar. I forgot the name of it now, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. I, that's what I love. And uh, I want to say also for people that are looking for a place to train, definitely, if you're in New York or anywhere that's Gracie, yeah, Gracie's are amazing. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, and um, it's funny how they changed the game and got a whole country when, you know, it started in Brazil because, um, you know, their family just does it. I remember listening to the professors, the Gracie's, like, they were like, yeah, I did this when I was like a baby, like... <laughs> When I was like two, three years old, like they they were like, Yeah, I thought I was just playing. And uh-huh. so many Gracies, I think I don't know, but like the entire family it seems like they're all into jujitsu, which is awesome, but it's like yeah. their way of life. It's like, uh-huh. yeah, you just do it. There is no they don't put it aside like, oh my god, I have to work first and then do an hour of jujitsu. And then whatever. No, it's just the way of life. And that has mm-hmm. shown in their art. They express that in their art. They're just, it, it just comes like second nature to like, like nothing. Uh, yeah. And they're, they're amazing. Um, so yeah, injuries. I've had a few, as you can imagine. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you, so what, did you get injured before or after you started traveling to China? Oh, before most, yeah. So uh, I remember, uh, so when I was 15 years old, uh, when I was in Dominican Republic, I remember I was chasing my cousin around. We were just like, we were just playing. Mm-hmm. I was running and the maid inside the house 
you know, it's Dominican Republic. There was no wet floor sign. Careful, caution. I slipped and fell straight on my head. Mm-hmm. Never in my life would I even imagine just falling like the cartoons when they slip on a banana peel. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened to me. I slipped, boom, smacked the back of my head. I didn't even have time to stop my hands or myself with my hands. And that, a thousand percent sure, was my first concussion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, at the time, if you ask me, okay, what do you remember? I'd say, I don't know. I don't remember anything about it. Like, I remember, all I remember that stayed with me throughout all these years was my dad saying, you know, he's old school. So he's like, oh, don't go to sleep. If you go to sleep, you could not Mm -hmm. wake. You know, you get hemorrhage your head, whatever. Uh uh I remember he went to get me in the room because I was in the room, like resting. And when he opened the door, I remember... I looked at him funny. I looked at him like, you look different. And in a way, I want to say, like, I didn't recognize him. Mm -hmm. But I just remember, like, the lights. Like, the light, the way his skin looked, the reflection. I looked at him funny. And I never forgot that. So, you know, doing all my wrestling and not understanding concussions and training with people that, you know, maybe you're a little crazy. Sometimes you train with white belts and they could, you know, be a little too aggressive and not know what they're doing. And Uh you don't expect it. And I hit myself a few times back in my head and also falling flat on my back. Uh Uh-huh. in the pools flat on your chest or your back, it's going to hurt. <laughs> mm, yeah. So thinking about it now, I realized that just me smacking my, the back of, you know, my back straight on the mat, um, wasn't helpful at all. And mm-hmm. I remember 2017, I'll never forget mm-hmm. this towards November, December, I just had double vision and I am like, Oh, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. I see that's two scary. of everything. Yeah, if people are like, oh, okay, what does that mean? No, you cross your eyes and try living like that. Just cross your eyes. See how that feels for a few seconds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I felt. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, so I went to the eye doctor. This is again. I don't care what you call yourself. That doesn't mean you have all the answers and you know it all. So I went to the eye doctor. Supposedly, one of the best places. I'm not even going to mention where I went. They um, they were just like, oh yeah. So what's going on is your, the muscles in your eyes, and you know you're getting older, and blah blah blah. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I kind of believed it. I was like, all right, you're the doctor. You should know, right? Right, right. I guess luckily, not so luckily, my best friend had a small car accident. And, you know, he had a car accident, and but it was fine. So I asked him, I said, hey, man, how you doing? He said, well, you know, I'm fine. I just have a little headache. Uh, doctor said I have a concussion. You know, I hit the back of my head in the car, but my vision is a little messed up. Oh, wow. So that really helped you figure out what was going on with you. Bingo. 
I mm. said, oh my God, this is, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it. So I started just researching, 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 you know, Google is the best doctor. No, yeah. that's a joke. <laughs> but it seemed like it because I was finding all the answers myself and it made sense. I said, oh, okay. Now I, I, I know because I started when I was wrestling as well. I started training in very hard mats, not like jujitsu mats. I'm talking about weightlifting mats because we had nowhere else. You know, it's New York City. It's super cold. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we couldn't just train outdoors, even though we did sometimes. And I think over time, the minor, no, I shouldn't say that, sorry. The sub-concussions, the sub-concussions, mm-hmm. blows of boom, boom, just, just the shaking of the head. Um, I remember asking this Chinese girl, I said, how do you say concussion in Chinese? And I, I don't remember what, what it was, but she said it. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? Like, like how do you guys translate it? And she said, it's, it's like brain shaking, like head, mm. like head jostling or brain mm-hmm. jostling, something like that. So I feel like that's what affected me. And I could tell you, to this day, I have double vision. Oh, you and still do. Yeah. So this is what I want to explain to many, many people because I feel as a person like myself that's had the concussions, you look at me, you're like, oh, he looks healthy. And you're like, he is fine, 100% fine. Mm-hmm. But when I walk around and I have double vision, I'm not fine. But no one can see that. No one can yeah. see what I see. So, um, so again, what did I say from the beginning? I hit the back of my head, right? I hit the back of my head, back of my head, back of my head. It was almost always the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Your brain, the occipital lobes, the back of your head, of your brain, is where most of the process is for vision. Yeah. The frontal lobe is your mm-hmm. emotional, your cognition, like your, your cognitive like decision mm-hmm. making. I highly, highly, highly recommend people watch Concussion, you know, where Will Smith is the main actor which is about the real doctor. It's a, it's a true story basically about the doctor that discovered uh, CTE. So the doctor was like, wait, these guys have this thing. It looks like clots, like blood clots, like just spots basically. Like in a microscope, obviously it looks a lot different, but you can still kind of see spots. You're mm-hmm. like, huh? He was like, that's funny. What is this? He's like, their brain looks like they're 80 years old with Alzheimer's. Wow. So, that's kind of scary. <laughs> so, yeah. So with me, I kept going to the doctor, kept going, kept going. I did eye therapy for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I didn't see much improvement. Mm-hmm. It wasn't only until I stopped training completely. Mm-hmm. Warming up, when the warm up in wrestling, sometimes we will roll, like do a front roll or back flip or front flip. I get... Uh, headaches very 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 easy mm-hmm. um, I remember 2017 was my worst year I couldn't see the movie theater a huge screen I couldn't oh, stare at that I couldn't stare at it without seeing two images I would have to like close one eye close like I was like a pirate basically Aww. and uh, I started noticing nighttime 
my vision was so bad. My headaches were so bad. If I had had any alcohol, it just multiplied everything by 10. What happens in nighttime? How do you feel, Jenna, at nighttime? You feel tired, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Your brain starts shutting down. So what happened was my brain was trying to shut down. It's getting tired. So physically, I'm physically more tired, of course, nighttime. My brain is shutting down. So the symptoms of the double vision was worse. At night. It were worse. Mm-hmm. I went to my first neurologist, whatever they want to call themselves. I don't know. This lady, I, yeah. So I go to this doctor and I'm like, yeah, you know, I've had concussions. She's like, how do you know you had a concussion? I'm like, um, I hit my head mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. very hard. And she's like, um, I don't think you had a concussion. I'm like, excuse me. Oh my gosh. Do you know her answer? Her answer to me was, well, unless you didn't pass out, get knocked out, or unless you're, you weren't bleeding from your head, you don't have a concussion. And I was like, oh, my God. I cannot believe this person literally There's just so said so much misinformation about concussions. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if she got her degree from Google or whatever university, like, online. Like, for real, this was sad to even think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this doctor would say this and i didn't believe her obviously i was like yeah whatever i was like just give me my mri right Mm -hmm. so there's two things there's a f mri which stands for functional mri Mm -hmm. and there is the regular mri a functional mri detects more of the activity in that area of the brain So it'll light up. So you see like gray matter, like a gray image. And if you show me a picture, I don't know, somebody, supermodel, certain areas Mm -hmm. of my brain light up. So they're like, oh, that area of the brain is working. Uh So with fMRI, you could detect more, okay, this area of the brain is lacking of whatever, blood flow, oxygen, whatever, that it's not working properly. So she was like, I don't know what an fMRI is. I was like, oh, and I was, yep. I had to Google it in front of her. She's like, let me see. She's like, well, well, I don't know about that. I'll give you an MRI. And I was like, okay, doc, whatever. Oh my goodness. So I got that from her. I'm surprised you didn't just leave at that point and find another doctor. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I did more research, more research, more research. Um, Alcohol. It just multiplies it. The best way I could explain a concussion is alcohol. Have you seen drunk people? Do you see how they drive? They can't drive straight. They can't walk mm-hmm. straight. They can't talk straight. They're slurring the speeds and they they look yeah. stupid. They act stupid. That's exactly what people that have concussions, that's how many act. Because mm-hmm. it's not it's not that they want to, is their brain is literally damaged. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not the scientist. I'm not that doctor that was saying, "Oh no, concussions! You need to get knocked out to have a concussions." Whatever, doctor. Um, but I know enough and use logic to realize and notice patterns. Like, okay, 
that's how it felt when I would met, when I said earlier, I had crazy headaches. I felt sick. Um, I felt nauseous. What happens after a day of a lot of drinking, you get hungover. Mm-hmm. How do you feel when you're hungover? Your brain hurts. Everything hurts. You feel sick. You don't have a lot of energy. That's how it feels when you have a severe concussion, like what I had. Right. Severe concussion, so where my vision was messed up. Mm-hmm. Just daily, a hangover. The only person I know that ever used that analogy, I never heard it before until Dale Earnhardt Jr., the race car driver, mentioned it one day in an interview he had. So I want to go over, I made a list because obviously my memory is not the best of what, who, who people should listen to mm-hmm. uh, or like research on their own for concussions is okay. Chris Nowinski, PhD. He was the wrestler. I forgot what they used to call him, but Chris Nowinski, uh, Dr. Amen. So Dr. Amen, just how it's spelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Pierce, who was a snowboard, uh, snowboarder, he was like world record breaker and everything. I just learned about him a few, a uh, few days ago actually, and I messaged him on Instagram. He responded. I told him I had the double vision. He also mentioned he had double vision. Wow. Uh huh. One thing he said, and he's, he's a co-founder of the Love Your Brain Foundation. Yes. yes mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is they also have their own Instagram page. So Mm -hmm. Kevin Pierce, in a TED Talk, I think it was, he said, I see you guys fine now, but if I tilt my head at a certain angle, I see double vision. Mm -hmm. I remember saying the same thing to the eye doctor. I said, hey, doc, I noticed if I tilt my head this way, I can see better. I don't have that double vision. Of course, I get the best doctors, and the doctor said, oh, you're just using different muscles that's their answer. Mm. Like a basic, no, nothing. I, I, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Joe Namath, uh, the ex-football player. Mm-hmm. Joe Namath. He speaks a lot about hyperbaric oxygen chambers. Yeah. He said he reversed, even on himself, his, the, uh, there's, called, there's something called a SPECT scan. SPECT. Mm-hmm. ECT spec scans and they uh, detect the blood flow in the area of the brain. So for people with concussions, like for me, for example, I'm pretty sure the back of my head, it's not going to light up as much. The blood mm-hmm. that area is pretty bad. So Joe Namath, he did a thing in Florida where he went inside a hyperbaric oxygen j- chamber over 40 times and before and after they gave him a spec scan and they could see the improvement of oh now you have more areas in your brain lighting up mm-hmm. and oxygen chambers have been used for many 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 years to cure uh like if you have um any cuts like an infected uh, cut or something and it doesn't want to heal with a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, it heals a lot faster. I've heard amazing things about those, yeah. Yes. And also, 
Dr. Bennett Omalu, which the movie Concussion is about who Will Smith plays. Dale Earnhardt Jr., who I mentioned, he also had vision. His vision was so bad, he said. I think he mentions it in some podcasts or whatever. That when he would walk, every step he took, the bouncing of it, his vision would be the same thing. Wow. So if I, so I'm, I'm assuming he meant like if I'm recording with my cell phone, I'm walking or running, that bounciness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you see the video, he would see. And the last person that I have is Dr. Michael Collins. So Dr. Mm-hmm. Michael Mickey Collins, that's a doctor that helped Dale Earnhardt Jr. a lot. So all the listeners should, again, if they're interested in concussions or brain health or brain healing, search these guys because these guys are legit. They've been mm-hmm. either been through it themselves, have made improvements for they're just the doctors, like legit doctors. These are doctors I, I wish I could, I had the ability to, you know, talk to and see. Like Dr. Amen, he is amazing. He's like, why do psychiatrists... If you have a bone injury, you see, you know, a bone doctor. If you have a heart problem, you see a heart doctor. Right. And they would use tests to scan the organ. They'd look at the organ. Psychiatrists and psychologists, they, they're the only ones that don't look at the organ that they're trying to help, which is your brain. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Amen has done, I think, by now, uh, probably close to 200,000 brain scans. Mm-hmm. The MRI stuff, you know, <clears throat> the actual brain spec scans. So yes. you could see. Uh-huh. And he has patients where they would act crazy, do crazy things, say crazy things. He's like, oh, yeah, look at your brain scan. This area is lacking uh, whatever blood flow. And if we improve this, I'm pretty sure you improved this. And he has thousands of patients that have shown that. Um, and the funny thing is, or it's not funny, but you know, the crazy thing is Bruce Lee died of like a brain hemorrhage. Mm-hmm. And it was said that he died because the medicine he was taking for his back injury or something and one thing that you won't really hear in the popular or the you know from the family or anything is that when Bruce Lee died he had uh, cannabis leaves in his stomach Mm -hmm. so Bruce Lee a lot of people don't know this he would consume like hashish or cannabis Mm -hmm. for pain and you know it's medicine uh, so in my search in like going through Bruce Lee and reading all his stuff, he used to do iron palm training with James Lee. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That the name again, this is what people are like, Oh, James Lee, that must be his cousin or his brother. No, uh-huh. that's just the name. There's a million Lees. James <laughs> Lee is not a family member. He was just a guy that, when Bruce Lee was around, uh, so in 1964, Bruce Lee moved to Oakland to practice and train with James Lee. I actually think, if I'm correct, 
Bruce Lee lived with James Lee because mm -hmm. uh, James Lee's wife died. And I know Bruce Lee helped a lot, but no one talks about James Lee for some reason, which I don't understand. Mm -hmm. So James Lee was the guy that got Bruce Lee into bodybuilding. So that, that crazy-looking physique that Bruce Lee had, that came from learning from James Lee, who was an amazing martial art artist. Wow, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, so James Lee used to practice iron palm training, iron hand training. And the only way you could train that genuinely, not like Hocus Pocus, Harry Potter, whatever, you know, is by using Jiao. Mm -hmm. So you guys have Jiao. And you guys have one of the best jowls that I've tried. And thank you. <laughs> yeah. So what James Lee would do, what he said, uh, you put jowl on whatever it is. Just say, for example, to make it easy, your hands, right? You put it on your hands. He would rub it, rub it, smack his hands, slap his hands. You're trying to get the area to get hot, to get hot and um, the blood to start flowing there. And that helps so much with avoiding injuries. And it also helps with healing. So in a way, you're boosting your body's ability to smack bricks. Go ahead and try to smack a brick as hard as you can to try to break it. It's not going to just work. You have to train, condition your body to it. So one time, James Lee, and I know my story is a little, I'm not going in order exactly, but whatever. That's it's, okay. We'll go back to you can replay and <laughs> things down if you have to. Not you, but you know your listeners. But um, yeah, so James Lee, you know, Bruce Lee was like, wow, this is amazing. And he's like, yeah, look, let me show you. So James, uh, Bruce Lee tried to break a brick, I think it was, or something. And he tried to smack it as hard as he could. And he almost broke his hand. His hand got swollen. And they were like, oh. Oops, you probably broke it, but not sure. But, you know, what James Lee did was use jowl and he rubbed it on him, on Lee. He actually gave him a lot of jowl because he had like buckets of it. Because the longer the jowl uh, like fermentates or whatever, right. mm -hmm. you know, the stronger it is. And yeah, that's going to help you out. Like that is amazing science. Mm -hmm. fighting has been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and there's a lot to learn like i said i know a lot of people don't know about the chinese wrestling i was talking about it's just these are cultures that have been doing things for thousands of years that americans we're the last uh, like no because in it's china it's true that people don't know enough about it and that it has been around for years and centuries you know this and you know, it it is passed down traditionally, um, these liniments through like your martial arts lineage and seafoods will have their own recipes and hand those down and, and but it hasn't made a widespread impact yet on like our society. People don't know about it widespread yes. yet. And I feel it comes from all again, going back to the American culture. And yes, mm -hmm. I'm American, so whatever. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is, they're like, oh, but um, you have to use this and uh, ibuprofen. And no, 
ibuprofen is very, very bad for your gut health, just so mm-hmm. you know, and your joints. Like, anyway. But, yeah. We yeah, talk a lot about that as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the jowl is something that's been around for thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And it's necessary for actual training, not only to prevent injuries, so you could do it whenever, after training, pre and post training, during training as well. Um, like I said, I have friends that would literally rub jowl on themselves before a fight, before a competition. So the products you sell are not just to be cute and it's not like cologne, like, oh, if you put this spray on, this girl's going to be all over you. No, <laughs> this is legit with the jowl. Like the jowl is something. And if people don't believe me, there's a, I wish, this is one thing I wish I did uh, earlier. I forgot about this, but on YouTube, I remember there was a scientist. She was interested in jowl and how it worked. And she did scientific work where she broke down the molecules of the of jowl and she said like yeah the longer like the older the jowl was the stronger it was and i just remember she was saying like yeah this molecule helps with blood flow this molecule helps with this and with that so that's really cool I'd like to find yeah. that video and share yeah, it. Yeah, send it to you it went, when I find it, and maybe you uh-huh. could post it. Yeah. Um, and I remember that, and I'm like, this is awesome. I wish more people knew about this in martial arts. Like every martial arts school, every single one should have that. And not just because, oh, you have to do it for every class. No, if someone gets hurt, like I did in my wrestling competition, I hurt my ankle. So, like, I popped. I had a, a ligament that I popped. Like, so my foot, like <laughs> I twisted my foot and I fell like, just make believe like I'm doing a single leg squat on mm. the side of my foot, like mm. knife hand, like knife foot, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So I was going down. I tried to pick myself up, which was stupid. I should have just let myself drop, but I tried to force myself up. And all my weight was on the side of my ankle and it just popped and went, boom. So what happens is with ligaments, you get this pop feeling. Even if it's not fully torn, you get a pop feeling. So, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I need, I can't compete this year. I still trained. I still competed. And I still kicked ass. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't care. I Mm -hmm. wanted to compete. This is what I do. I still had concussions at the time and like really bad, but I didn't know as much at the time. This was 2018, I believe when I was just kind of learning about it. And right, uh-huh. my friend gave me some jowl. He's like, here, Leo, try this. So I've rubbed it on my ankle and it felt a lot better. Like it really mm-hmm. did help with pain, with the uh, mm-hmm. swelling inflammation. And it just felt better overall. And I remember I said, wow, this feels good. I really like this. He said, yeah, you could keep it. So I kept it. Oh, and just so people can know, that jowl was your jowl, the plum dragon jowl. Oh, awesome. Jowl. When I was looking into, when I started reading about, oh, oh, Bruce Lee learned from James Lee. Oh, mm-hmm. they, they're they putting what on their hand? What? So jowl mm-hmm. in Chinese is um, 
alcohol. Mm-hmm. So for people that don't know, jiao means uh, alcohol. So, um, so I'm like, what is this? So I started researching, and I found your company, and I saw the way you guys, you know, sell the ingredients separately as well, uh, the way you guys store the jiao, and everything. Not, I didn't find really any other company that that was doing what your company was doing back then. I can imagine now. That's why you guys are still number one now in my book. Oh, you know? Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. So Felix Macias Jr., I, I found him. Or I knew him from, you know, from Facebook and everything. His father, uh, Felix Macias Sr., trained with James Lee. So the guy that Bruce Lee lived with for over two years, which no one mentions. Mm -hmm. And when I say no, I mean, when you see these little Bruce Lee documentaries, oh, Bruce Lee moved to Oakland. They don't say who he stayed with. They don't say Mm -hmm. who he trained. He was training with James Lee. James Mm -hmm. Lee was 20 years older than Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. So at this time, uh, Bruce Lee is 24 years old. James Lee's... uh, what 44 years old so as you can imagine bruce lee is like this young super hyper so bruce lee he wanted to be a doctor when he was a kid so when he was a teenager he wanted to be a doctor so he was always studying he was he always wanted to know more he always was interested like i need to know i need to learn i need to know i need to know Mm -hmm. but it just so happened having poor vision, uh, one, one leg longer than the other by like an inch, an inch and a half. He chose Wing Chun because Wing Chun, you fight up close. So he was like, okay, I'm going to do Wing Chun because that sounds like the best thing I could do because I, my vision is off. Yeah. He, he, he didn't have good vision. So Bruce Lee used a lot of, uh, he used contact lenses when he would, uh, do movies and a whole bunch of stuff. So, uh, yeah, so, so James Lee, who literally, so Jeet Kune Do, this is what I should say. Jeet Kune Do was founded in Oakland with Mm -hmm. Bruce Lee and James Lee together. They were martial fighting. They were fighting scientists. Mm -hmm. There's, everyone knows this. There was pictures where Bruce Lee is drawing images of stick figures and even regular normal cartoon images of kicking, uh, two guys kicking, fighting, wrestling. They were scientists. They were just like, how, okay, if we're in a fight, right? How can I beat you? How can I stop you from hitting me? Uh-huh. Or, oh, Bruce Lee's favorite move, kick to the groin, punch to the groin, go for the groin and the eyes, finger mm-hmm. jumps the eyes easy i've done it in a street fight before and it, and it works <laughs> you yeah. know New York city in the subway punch some guy in the groin a lot bigger than me i'm 170 pounds this guy was like <laughs> 100 pounds he stopped real quick but it changes you know these guys that oh i'm a boxer i'm gonna punch this guy i'm gonna knock him out okay when that guy unexpectedly just drops down, punches you, or just kicks you straight in the groin, or finger jabs you in the eye, or something like that. That's just examples. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be like, "Oh, 
wait a minute, that's not fair. Yeah, exactly. Because Bruce Lee and James Lee weren't, talk, weren't thinking about fair. Um, so, yeah, so you see a lot of people talking about, yeah, we do Jeet Kune Do and we come straight from the lineage and we have certificates and we're doing this. The real lineage of Jeet Kune Do that I know for a fact, I don't know about any other people in the world, but that I know personally as a fact is Felix Macias in California. Uh, yeah. So whoever wants to learn more about like the history of Jao, like, cause Bruce Lee was also into that too. Uh, James Lee taught uh, Bruce Lee how to make Jao. So yeah, Bruce Lee- there is some interesting stuff on that, that I'm, I'm actually looking up right now. Um, I don't know that it mentions it, in this one Black Belt magazine article, but it yeah. does talk about how the man who helped make Bruce Lee a success was James Lee. Yes, and I think maybe that you just said it right there. Maybe that's why they don't promote uh, James Lee as much, or mm-hmm. you don't hear it like in certain things and in documentaries because they don't want to. Maybe they don't want to mention that this guy to mm-hmm. help. They want to make it seem like Bruce Lee was the master and creator of it. Trust me, he was, but you know, you have to give credit where credit is due and everyone. Obviously I love Bruce Lee more than anybody. So there's this other really fascinating article that I think we'll, maybe we can put links to these. Um, It's inside Kung Fu, the 1975 edition. And it talks about D dot Zhao and Bruce Lee and James Lee in there as well. You've probably come across these. Yes. And one thing I love about reading these guys' books. So James Lee has a son named Greg Lon Lee. So G-R-E-G-L-O-N Lee. Mm -hmm. And he has like two or three books. Um, There's a book called uh, The Dragon and the Tiger, basically Bruce Lee and James Lee. There's volume one, volume two. Those were the books that spoke about James Lee teaching Bruce Lee about uh, Iron Palm, using Jiao, mm-hmm. using Jiao before training, during training, post-training, um, for injury preventions. Uh, and yeah, man, like these are things that these guys were doing. James Lee was a welder. He was welding the ships in Pearl Harbor uh, when they attacked, the Japanese attacked. He was like, working like 20 hours a day, 18 hours a day welding. And he was welding his own, uh, he was making like his own little dummies, his, um, things like a lot of people, if you search like Bruce Lee, um, iron hand or palm training or conditioning or something, you see him punching rice. You see him using certain equipment that looks like it was made in a backyard by this Frankenstein martial art scientist. Mm-hmm. And that was James Lee. He was the master of like, yo, you want to learn how to kick? Yo, we should make this own thing. A lot of people don't know those MMA gloves, like with the finger, the fingerless gloves. That was Bruce yeah. Lee that, in that movie, Enter the Dragon or whatever dragon that he was the one that kind of started making his own stuff mm-hmm. in That's that cool. movie. 
uh, yeah, where he uses like pads, like to kick people. Like there was no equipment around for that. It was Bruce Lee and James Lee creating all these things. Like, yo, you know what? Yeah, we should do this. Oh, look, this will help. And again, going back, I'm talking about James Lee and Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. but this is from their culture, their Chinese culture of, you know, Wing Chun, uh, all these cultures, uh, all these martial arts from these cultures, they've been doing it for thousands of years. It's nothing new. It's probably new to certain Americans that are just like, oh, UFC. I'm not taking away from UFC fighters. Believe me. Right. That's yeah, another yeah. people say, oh, I bet the UFC fighter kick your butt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the training, they have to look at it differently instead of, oh, let me YouTube this guy that was just born yesterday, started doing 80 push-ups and 50 pull-ups, and he's just naturally fit and thinks he could fight. Let me let me learn from him. No. Learn from history. Learn why Bruce Lee was called the best. Learn he was the best because he learned from everyone. That's what Jeet mm-hmm. Kune Do is. Learn whatever. I don't care if it's Wing Chun, Jiu Jitsu, wrestling. Learn where there's no gaps in your game. So, like I said, oh man, I'm good at boxing. I'm not confident with a Jiu Jitsu fighter or wrestler. So, what I do, I started learning it. Easy. Am yeah. I an expert in them? No. Do I want to be? Yes. So what do I keep doing? Keep training. Hey, how do you have iron palms strong enough to smack a brick and break it in two? Guess what? You're not just going to do it just because your will is so strong. And I believe in it. And I'm going to turn super saiyan. No, you do it because you train over and over properly using jowl. And yeah, if you have back pain, use jowl. If you have joint pain, use jowl. Um, they don't like a lot of guys don't know how serious and legit Jiao is and how it's used and why it's used. Like, do you think really they just wanted to waste their time? Hey, you know what? They just just put this on you and yeah, you're gonna have superpowers. No, it's you see it. Your your body starts turning red. Uh, James Lee would start smacking his body, like I said, start smacking the jaw on himself before, during, and after training to prevent injuries. And yeah, so people, I say, look up all the names I gave you, James uh-huh. Bruce Lee, the concussion stuff, Felix Macias Jr., who's still training and doing his stuff in the Oakland JKD. Um super cool guy uh, and you could hear it when they speak and if people are like well Leo why aren't you an expert in fighting I, it was hard for me to find good teachers mm-hmm. because I'm the type of guy just because you say oh Leo my name is Janelle I have the best jowl in the world I'll be like yep. <laughs> I have to try it and unless I see like oh okay wow this is really good I won't believe it. And I have tried it before. So I know it's good. And if someone says, Hey, I could train you. I'm a good boxing coach. Okay. What's your background? What have you done? If someone, if Mike Tyson says, Leo, I'll train you boxing. I'm not going to be like, I don't know, man, you're kind of old now. I don't care. Look at Mike Tyson's coach, uh, custom model. He was like 80 years old. 
out of shape. It didn't matter because his knowledge, the history, the experience he had and knew when he was younger and all the years, that's what matters. And what did Mike Tyson do? He listened to everything Customato said. He was open. He studied. They studied 24-7. Again, this isn't a, hey, uh, I'm going to do my, I just bought a Groupon and I'm going to do 30-minute uh, boxing class. No, this <laughs> for legit right. martial artists. If you're a martial artist, uh, if you're an owner or a trainer at a martial arts school, you need to have jowl. It's not a maybe. You do guys your heard research. it. <laughs> yeah, do your research, for real. Mm-hmm. Do your research. Yeah, well, and that's that's good because we want people to do their research. And we do, I don't know if everyone knows um, that we have a great blog that explains lots about D.Jow and how to use it and why it works and what to use it for. So that could be a good resource for people as well. as In conjunction with testimonials from people like you who have tried it and have seen really amazing results. I want to... I want to ask you, um, I want to just kind of go back and tie a few loose ends. So tell me, did you finish telling me about um, the one that gave you Jow? So Felix Macias, when I was, you know, when I started reading the books and I'm like, Jow, what's this Jow? Oh, wow, this Mm -hmm. sounds amazing. Why, Why don't I know about this? I, I, like I said, I researched, I found your company and I just... You know, I've already been a friend of his through Facebook and everything and, you know, associated with his school. So I messaged him. I said, hey, do you have any jowl? He said, yeah, I have some. So Mm -hmm. he just had his own personal stuff that he made. Again, this is traditional like Chinese medicine that every every person has their own stuff. It's like a recipe, literally like a baking Mm -hmm. recipe. I make my cake. Cool. There's a mini billion cakes you can make it just so happened that i was lucky enough to have a friend like him that knew how to make it and made it and he didn't sell it to me he was just like here this is my personal stuff you can have some um and yeah like and i said he he's a legit martial artist like when you speak to him he's actually a really good guy to have on the podcast too like Mm mm-hmm I'd highly recommend because, like I said, his dad trained with James Lee and Felix Macias. There's pictures. I have a picture that's black and white where it's Felix Macias Jr., Sr., and James Lee together in a picture. So he knew James Lee. I mean, he was a child, but he hung out with James Lee's son, Greg Lon Lee, who um, uh, wrote the books and, you know – they they all know each other from California. Yeah. Um, so, and then going back to um, when you competed in China and before oh, yeah. you really knew the repercussions of maybe fighting with your injury, do you want to talk anything yeah. about that competition? So, I, I one day was really, really sad and down and I said, my training career is over. I can't, I can't do anything. I can't. Any, even the warm-ups, I realized, just rolling a bit, just rolling on my shoulder to warm up for jiu-jitsu or wrestling. I'd get headaches. I'd feel like crap. And it got to a point where I'm like, you know what? Man, I don't care. 
let me just train smarter and just avoid the shock. The people I train with, hey, careful. Don't slam me on my head. Mm -hmm. So you've been able to avoid um, injuries to your head doing jiu-jitsu? Oh, yeah. So Mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu is an amazing, amazing art because you don't need impact. You don't need blunt force. You don't need to knock someone out. You could put them to sleep, but you, you could start on the ground. You could, mm-hmm. if you want to practice standing up and whatever, you could do whatever you could practice on one foot, three feet, whatever. But what I'm saying is, um, yeah. And, and I just say that cause there's always going to be that one person who's going to comment. Well, well, jujitsu. Okay. Yeah. But you know, the thing is jujitsu, I still do jujitsu. I was actually training uh, last Friday for mm-hmm. like uh, an hour and a half, but you also have to be careful with who you train with. That's what I say. Yeah. And don't be afraid. I don't care if it's white belt, black belt. Be like, hey, man, just um, just don't slam me so hard, please. Or right. watch my just, head. Yeah. Well, um, it's been really fascinating talking to you yeah. about your injury and trying to help others um, take these types of injuries seriously. And um, and help them to recognize the signs that come with concussion. And also just all the fascinating facts about Bruce Lee. So yeah. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Um, should other people who want to get in touch with you reach out to you on Instagram? Um, if Yeah, I don't mind. I'll, I'll talk to anyone as long as they're not trying to do no pyramid scheme or <laughs> pictures. Um, yeah, Um willing to listen to people and if even a, a depression suicide like just message me i'll be there i'll you know I'll, I'll be here to listen to anybody that needs someone to talk to or you know need a question have questions advice or anything mm-hmm. and that's oh, pretty that's much really it okay. I, I love bruce lee stuff so if you want to send yes, if you're a bruce, <laughs> bruce lee, lee fan or you have questions about yeah. concussions yeah. or any type of martial arts that we've talked about on the show today and and also for your experiences with d.jow so thank you and you have a good rest of your day we really appreciate you coming on the show thank you thank you and thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today be sure to visit us at plumdragonherbs.com for show notes a transcript and links to things we discussed today Also, if you could just take a moment to hit the subscribe button, you'll be helping us spread the reach of this podcast to others who could really benefit from it. Our guests have amazing things to say on staying in the game.